Hello, everyone. This is Quantum Nurse, and I am Grace Asagra, your holistic registered nurse. I want to thank all our audience. I am with Freedom Broadcasters doing this live stream with our guest, Professor Matt Briggs, but um, Roy Colon of the Awakening Podcast will introduce Professor Matt Briggs, and he's also known as William Briggs. And he is the statistician to the star, but Roy will speak more of him. For the meantime, my role will be to take notice of all comments, questions from the audience. And please feel free to share this. I will be most happy to share your comments or questions for our guests or to any of the podcasters here with me. Roy? Thank you, Grace. So just to let people know, we're all uh, members, uh, the, the five podcasters of the Freedom Broadcasters. And basically, we came together because we're sick of censorship and we want to just get the message out. And today, we have a very special guest. I'm actually going to go through the different things because, you know, it's impressive. Scientist, statistician, previously a professor at Cornell Medical School, meteorologist with the National Weather Services, you have a master's in atmospheric physics, a bachelor in meteorology and maths. You're the author of Uncertainty and also the new The Price of Panic, how the tyranny of experts turned the pandemic into a catastrophe. Please welcome Professor William Matt Briggs. Nice to be here. So just for what we'll do, because normally, for those that don't know, we normally do a kind of round robin asking different questions to our guest. So maybe we'll start off with Grace as well and introduce yourself and your podcast so that the audience will know. Oh, hello again. I am Grace Asagra and my podcast is Quantum Nurse Podcast out of the rabbit hole from stress to bliss. And I am originally from the Philippines, but I live here in Princeton. Now, how I came out out with this podcast is during the beginning of the quarantine, I kind of felt like I get suffocated, not being able to speak up, not being able to share critical thinking and critical conversations. And my specialty, current specialty in nursing is with the adult elderly population. So when they were, when our center was closed, uh, Professor Matt, um, it, it was like, goodness, the reason why these elders were living longer, the reason why their caregivers were able to live fully is because we have the center where they can come socialize every single day. We give them so much hug, so much love, so much touching all this socialization that was initially cut off that was them and of all the senior elderly population with dementia alzheimer those who come to the adult medical center i would say clinically they were the healthier one they were the ones who had less pneumonia less flu less of everything so then i said hmm something is fishy so that Dr. Briggs, um, um, Matt, let me just call you Matt. Please. Uh, please, please tell, tell us, tell the audience again how we just suddenly came, uh, 
came into this environment that we are so fearful and in integrative health. And when you are afraid, you can think well, you can act well, and all the neurochemicals in your whole body is just off. So please tell us. Well, this is uh, what you say about the nursing homes is absolutely true. Uh, there was a lot of them, and still in some places where they were locked down hard. Uh, not only that, a lot of the people, the, the, the people living in their other residents, they were locked inside their rooms in a kind of a solitary confinement in this blind panic. And, you know, it's true, the older people in this are the ones who are suffering from the disease. All that's true. But uh, the, the way it was handled was just ridiculous. Uh, it seems to me that the panic got started in two ways. Now, we, we get these pandemics like we're having the coronavirus pandemic right now. We get them every 10 to 20 years. They're not at all unusual. This is the first one that saw global panic, though. Uh, so we have to distinguish why this one did and, and the others did not. We've had other ones, for instance, in the 1957-1958 Asian flu killed up to 4 million people. The coronavirus is only estimated to have killed half that. Uh, this was at a time in 57-58 when the world's population was about a third what it is now. And then 10 years later, there was the, uh, the, the Hong Kong flu again, killed up to 4 million people. Again, no panic, no rash lockdowns, no insanity, no uh, you know, wide shutting down of the entire world. Uh, we had swine flu in 2009. They tried. They tried in 2009 to to uh, to start a panic and it almost took off uh, but it didn't uh, so the difference between 2009 and 2019 early 2020 is globalization was bigger uh, we had these images coming out of china uh, which in my opinion were pure propaganda of people walking along in the street and falling down uh, falling over and uh, presumably dead well that happens all the time everywhere all over the world every day of course we don't have an on camera and showing it as if it's the result of some uh, strange thing. But the images coming out of China panicked everybody. And because of the increase in social media, uh, the difference between 2009 and 2020 is orders of magnitude. Uh, uh, Instagram wasn't around. Snapchat wasn't around. Some of these other messengers weren't around. Uh, Twitter was only a small fraction of what it was today. Facebook was tiny then. But it all had exploded. And so we had this uh, reporting of what was coming out of China happening in real time, not just day by day, but hour by hour, minute by minute. And everybody was building themselves into a slow frenzy, and which would have been OK as long as the governments themselves didn't panic. Uh, but they did. And they did so based on the result of a single man and his group, uh, the Imperial College of London, guy named Ferguson, who has tried every time that one of these things comes along to start a panic. Uh, he tried with the swine flu. He tried with bird flu. He tried with mad cow disease. He tried with everything. Always making forecasts of great global deaths. Uh, his forecasts are 10, 100, 1,000 times more than the actual number of people who are suffering from these diseases. He's never been right. Uh, uh, but he was still believed because I have a, a saying, and you guys probably would agree with this, that you could never be fired for being wrong in the right direction. 
he was telling governments what they wanted to hear. He was telling the governments that they're, uh, they're, they needed to intervene, that they were needed. And that's the most hopeful and cheering message that you can tell government bureaucrats that they need to do something. And so they did. So based on these forecasts, which were uh, projected to have the coronavirus deadlier, deadlier by far than the Spanish flu, which killed up to 58 million people uh, in 1917, they started doing these lockdowns. And the funny thing about that is uh, it ha it, it, it's not like it wasn't studied. The World Health Organization, by just blind coincidence, and I believe it was a coincidence, in 2019 released a report uh, which has a title something like, What to Do in the Next Pandemic. And they definitely recommend against lockdowns, against quarantining the healthy with the sick. They say it right in this report. And initially, if you remember back in December of 2019, the, the WHO more or less said that. But as Chinese, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know what the best word to use is, the Chinese uh, the government came online and started getting involved in all this and started injecting some uh, much needed money into the, uh, into the WHO. Our, uh, they, the, the WHO basically changed their mind and said, let's do lockdowns. And again, it's the result of these models. And I'm going to tell something. You guys probably know this. Maybe your audience doesn't. But it's a very profound uh, thing in science that any model of any kind, physical, statistical, probabilistic, social, economic, anything, any model that is designed in science only says what it is told to say. There is no discovery by models. Discoveries go into models. You don't discover things from models. So when this Ferguson, uh, working with the WHO, said, you know what? Let's make a forecast of the number of dead. We're going to have more than the Spanish flu dead. Now I'm going to run this model and assume that lockdowns save lives. And he did. He ran that model again and forecasted there would be fewer deaths. And then it was announced, it was discovered that lockdowns save lives. And so we immediately went into lockdown. It started in England and then progressed to all the other governments. The United States came on board and then everybody got scared and did the same thing. So that's how the panic started. Uh, and, and you guys know as well as I do, once governments make a decision, uh, it, they will never admit to error. And so they need to, they got the, 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 the public panicked. Uh, and now the public is demanding these things as much as the government. And so in order to walk these things back, uh, memories need to dim. You know, situations need to change for people to forget how we got into all this kind of thing. So no, nobody has to take the blame because this was uh, this was not only, uh, you know, an absurd reaction that cost people money, but money is how people get their food. This lockdown uh, cost lives. More lives were lost because of the government actions uh, than we would have lost if everybody uh, had retained their liberty. Uh, because this is the first time in history, as I say again, that we quarantined the healthy with the sick. And we only allowed people to go out a little bit each day into the same big stores and areas everybody else is. They spread the disease. They brought it back home. Uh, and you guys know the rest about the lockdowns. I probably said too much, and I, I think that's a long answer. But it's a complicated answer because it's, it was no one thing. It was a sort of conglomeration of all these things.
Thank you. So next we'll have uh, our German friend, Hartmut. Thank you. My name is Hartmut Schumacher from Germany. I have the uh, podcast Go Your Own Path. And my intention is to give the people the courage to perceive the things with their own eyes and heart and to start to think from the main, start to see the things from the mainstream side. So to get away from these things and to think in a more deeper way. And um, it's interesting what you said concerning uh, concerning the old study uh, from from the uh, Spanish flu, because uh, two days ago um, there was a Stanford study from Professor Ionadis, and he also and this is a pre-review um, uh, study who said that uh, there is no benefit by lockdown. And um, in Germany, they already said that uh, the government didn't want to, uh, didn't react to this uh, study at all. Yeah, and uh, our chancellor believes that there are studies which work. <laughs> so this is the way it is in Germany. Um, my question is, if we all know, uh, for example, in our circle, we know that these things don't work. So there must be another purpose. And um, I don't know whether you know this, uh, the Joe Biderman report from 1956, which is a report um, where someone examined the situation. How was it possible for North Korea and China to, to, introdu uh, to introduce or to, to change a, a population to a communist regime? And there are um, eight measurements, which are, for example, isolation, monopolization of perception, in induced debility, enthusiasm, and um, where are the other ones? Wait a minute. There are several. Yes. Then occasional indulgence, demonstrating omnipotence, degradation, and enforcing trivial demands. And the interesting thing is that the measurements, what we have, at the moment, the COVID-19, have the same result effect, uh, effectively on the psychological way and in, on, the, in, yeah, on us. So um, how can you, yeah, can you tell us about the price of panic concerning this uh, mental or non-touching torture measurements? This would be very interesting for me. Yeah, you're right. So the study from uh, Stanford is different than uh, the study from people like Ferguson in that it's an observational study. Uh, so what he did, the, the authors there did, is they just went out and looked. You know, they looked at the places that had lockdowns and that did not and compared them. We, have, we did the same sort of analysis earlier on looking at it at the country level. But you're exactly right. Uh, people, the, it, it worked. The propaganda worked. People are now dead scared. Uh, I'm in New York City and you can walk down the street. I don't wear a mask and people shy away from you. They assume because you're not masked, you're diseased and people will stand far apart from one another. They don't want to, they don't want to be near other people. They are isolating themselves in just the way you say, uh, in, in, in the United States anyway, uh, the media, uh, for instance, places like YouTube, Twitter, and so forth, they crack down, as you guys very well know, on people who try to get information out, who try to get true information out about this that goes against uh, government policies. They, they whack videos, they cancel people, they don't allow them to speak, uh, they do any number of measure of things just to continue along, as you say, 
Uh, it's been dreadful. Uh, the suicide rate uh, in Japan has increased, in America has increased for those under 44 years old dramatically. In England, it's increased. I don't know yet about Germany, but uh, in many places we've looked at, just for these kinds of reasons, uh, you know, people are despondent and they can't take much more of this. So uh, we'll see. Now Merkel's gone, right? So we'll see maybe Germany has a change of heart. Uh, I don't think so. At the moment in Berlin, for example, in 2019, there were three suicides. Uh, the, the fire the fire workers, they have to drive to the homes for three suicides in 2019 and in 2020 for 280 suicide attempts. So uh, this was an increase of 3,000% only in Berlin, in one city. Yeah. Devastating. Uh, this is interesting because, um, and as you said, and uh, the people are aware, of, uh, are um, are afraid to to go be, to go close to you, and for example, also to order you to wear a mask. The interesting thing is, if someone has, um, uh, if someone is tortured, it doesn't matter whether consciously or subconsciously, he becomes the one who wants to. Um, how can I say it? Who wants to bring the other people to the same situation like he was so he is supporting the torture yeah. devastating yeah i absolutely agree we need that this is the problem in order to get ourselves out of this we need to get the public unpanicked the public is uh, still largely uh, fearful uh, so perhaps i don't you know i, I don't know what that, that's a question that I haven't seen answered yet. It just seems to me that in time, when new things arise, this this will end, but uh, perhaps too late. I mean, we've, we've changed in a very deep way that's very regrettable. Thank you. Thank you. So next we love us, uh, Steve. Oh, hi, I'm uh, Steve Fierro. My podcast is Awakened Mind, and it's about wellness, truth, and awareness. So, I mean, yeah, to follow in on your note, I think the problem is that this is the, des the design of all these measures is, is not to relent on the fear, is to create as much fear as possible and to create as much divide and polarization as possible. Because the rabbit holes I've gone down and a lot, maybe the rest of the people in the group have gone down, uh, this is a design, this is the plan. So... Um, this is the de despair sometimes that I have because there, there's really no intention to lessen up unless the people can see really what's going on and take control even mentally to a degree and, and uh, almost in a spiritual say, I don't consent to what's going on. I, I, something's not right here. Uh, I have rights. Uh, I, I, I can say what goes in my body. Um, these measures don't make any sense. Um, so, you know, from I was going to say in your research, um, first of all, did you I would say that from a statistician point standpoint, it's it's quite obvious that there should have been some accountability for the the um, outrageously uh, uh, gross mistakes made in, in even modeling. But there was never any. But that's to be expected as well. But in your research, did you come across, you know, some of the, the things I've come across, like the Council on Foreign Relations and maybe some sort of hidden agenda um, that's been planned. Oh, sure. So, yeah. Okay. So uh, a lot of my frustration is that, um, again, uh, this is what they want and, and they're going to turn up the heat if they have to. So, you know, what's your 
what's your view on on in, in terms of you know how much i guess um power does the does the collective really have to stop this well if we have all the power we need if we choose to use it but getting people convinced to use it that's the question but you're quite right this was uh there were several political motivations for these things uh, for instance in the states uh, you know we had our big election which uh, you might have heard about and several of the states that had the harshest lockdowns uh announced their intention to use mail-in balloting uh, which is very unusual in in the states uh and absentee balloting and so they they had the harshest lockdowns in order to sort of push people into this uh, mechanism of using these kinds of ballots which are very ripe for abuse and there was kind of the idea that if people were punished enough by these lockdowns, the president himself could be blamed for them because of the idea that the leader is always the one who has to accept responsibility for everything that happens in a country. So there was that. And then there was the idea, too, that politicians, a lot of them are always most frightened of taking the blame for when somebody dies. If somebody dies, uh, you know, from a disease like this, uh, and and there's no sort of uh, protections put in place, no lockdowns, no protocols, nothing like this, well, they say, well, you're responsible for this. This death wouldn't have occurred if we locked down, if we all had mask mandates and things like this. So even if they don't work, and they know they don't work, and we could prove that masks don't work in the general public, that lockdowns don't work, and all this kind of stuff, the politicians can still say, I did everything I possibly could. This is not on me, this is on you and other people who are not following the protocols rigorously enough. And not only that, at a far larger level, now we all saw the what happened with the World Economic Forum. They have their great reset. Uh, they, they want to build back better. They, they infamously uh, tweeted out, uh, oh, several months ago now, I think, uh, by, by 2025 or 2030, uh, you will own nothing. You, all of us, will own nothing, and you will be happy. So they, they, have, a, they have an analogy. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is right out, out in the open. There's uh, Klaus, what's his name there, has a book on this called The Great Reset, uh, which was taken very seriously by all sorts of governments and intellectuals everywhere about how uh, the oligarchs can take greater control of owning everything and doling out just what we need to keep us happy and uh, pleased and so we're good little citizens uh, doing what we're told and you know if you said this before you know back in 2019 before the pandemic uh, the panic you would be classed as a raving lunatic ah it's just one of those wild conspiracy theories but here they are sure, saying yeah. it right out in the open they've had several government leaders uh uh, I think even Merkel might have said this before she left, Trudeau in Canada, uh, Boris Johnson in, in England, and in, uh, the UK. Many of them said, yeah, we're going to build back better. They're on board with this kind of a thing. So they're certainly using, they're putting on the squeeze just so they can implement their political agenda. So that's an absolute thing, and they're admitting it. Yeah. So if you look at the World Economic Forum, Matt, and you spend a, you need a, a day to get through that, um, that is they have it right there, like you said. So, I mean, I I don't know where where we go from this, but I guess everyone uh, if we have more and more of these conversations that maybe someone will say, hey, maybe this maybe there's more to it. 
then uh, we can say maybe maybe we are being played. Maybe we are being duped. Um, the odds are, you know, the odds are against, I guess, us. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I just got an email today that the University of Massachusetts, uh, which is a place uh, where I went to school, um, they won a lawsuit. They sued against mandatory flu shots and they won. So, you know, I'm like, they, you know, they stood up and they, they won, which is, I, I just got it right before this podcast. And that's, that's uh, quite reassuring. So, I mean, we can talk for, for a long time about what's going on. I, I don't want to change the subject, but I was intrigued with your meteor, meteorologist um, aspect of your career. And you obviously know a lot about what's going on. And I had wondered if you came across any truth to chemtrails. I mean, I believe chemtrails and all this is true. But in your in your experience as a meteorologist, did you, you know, confirm that it is in fact something that is real and going on globally? Well, not, I I don't uh, I don't hold with it uh, the same as you. It's a it's a fact these condensation particles coming out of the back of airplanes and everything have increased greatly. That that all that part of it is true, but. I, beyond that, I don't have much to offer. I want to say something about the vaccines, if I may, though. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, another conspiracy theory, if you remember early on, uh, was that uh, we were all going to have to have uh, vaccination papers, vaccination passports for our mandatory vaccinations that we couldn't get on an airplane or travel without a stamp from uh, the government saying that we were clean and pure. And, and th that was uh, decried again as a conspiracy theory. Uh, but the, the European Union themselves shortly thereafter came out recommending just the same. And then just the other day, uh, Microsoft, Salesforce, and I think it's Oracle. I don't want to misquote that, but I, I believe it's Oracle. All came out in favor with a plan to have electronic uh, uh, vaccination passports. And it couldn't be because they'd stand to make billions of billions of dollars off this that they're suddenly for this. And why why would we have vaccination papers just for this disease? I mean, there you guys know better than I do. There are many many communicable diseases. Are we are we not allowed to travel unless we meet a criteria of so many out of so many vaccinations? It's gone it's gone absurd. And you know. Uh, the, the old saying, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil, I think uh, plays a very important role here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have more questions, but I'll let um, Chris chime in, and um, I look forward to hearing more. It's, it's great. This conversation is great. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers, Steve. Uh, hi, Matt. I'm Chris and the host of Mind Wars podcast, and it's basically about exposing corruption and it's censorship free. So and the media and governments obviously have suppressed. I'll get try and get hold of it. I can to get out to people. I want to get my platform for so people can come on and have a voice because I'm absolutely sick to the teeth of censorship, basically, and like everybody else that's here as well. But moving on from that, um, you're right in what you're saying and going back at the beginning of the podcast when you're talking about, you know, if this is back in 2009, 2010, that regards the social media giants and Silicon Valley and all that, they were minute uh, compared to what we have to today. So without the likes of the media, and the, without the, because the media can start and, and finish a war in the morning if they really want to, without the likes of the, the PCR test, as we all don't have, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but we know um, it's completely inaccurate. And it's it was such a clever 
test to use that one in particular because of how much it'll pick up genetic material once amplified so much so many cycles in the body anybody can test positive even you know the creator obviously Kerry Mullis and um, told that himself you can literally test positive for anything on it so and even though everybody pretty much knows about that they're still using this uh test today and what's interesting is that if you um uh, Boris Johnson in the UK here has just come out and he said anybody now from this Monday said he's saying it's coming in from outside traveling to UK uh, basically has to get this PCR test 72 hours beforehand it's interesting because if you actually go onto the government or gov.uk website it actually says on page six of it it goes go down through it and actually says about the PCR test it tells you all about it on their own website and it says in bold writing that this test it will pick up genetic material but that in the bold writing Paris's this test does not test and cannot test for infectious disease, i.e., you know, the alleged COVID-19, which is never isolated or found to this day. So I'm wondering, and you also, it's interesting, you mentioned, obviously, the Imperial College um, and Professor Neil Ferguson, both of them owned and paid for by Bill Gates, of course, with, with massive, massive funding behind both of them. Um, and, and, of course, uh, Bill Gates, the number one funder to the WHO. I mean, you can, you can connect all the dots as we go back along, and eventually you'll see what the picture and the story is in front of you. But uh, my question is that um, from your research and all this, because people have mixed opinions on this as well, I'd just like to get your opinion on it in the sense of the COVID-19. I mean, I've looked at so many freedom information leaflets from the Irish government have come out only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and they've said, they said, we have not isolated, we have not actually found COVID-19 itself. There's so many doctors, Taos, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, I, mean, I could name loads from across the world that have not actually found this COVID-19 to exist. So... The censorship is going to the roof. Anybody that's speaking on that side of it, from a medical background, 30, 40 years experience on each individual, they're just shut out and censured straight away. I mean, Dr. Boutard, there's loads of me go to, they're all cut offline straight away. So like Steve was referring to earlier, there is an agenda. And it's clear, I believe, from the likes of, you mentioned Klaus Schwab. I mean, we went down a rabbit hole in loads of different areas. Where are you coming from in COVID-19 itself that we got this massive panic of a reaction around the world? Um, for something that I believe, and I've seen, I've, on some, unless somebody can show me the evidence, because no scientific paper or government worldwide has produced it on paper format to actually show us from the studies that yes, we have proven that COVID-19 exists. So, and these new strains are coming out at the moment. They're saying that, as you touched on the vaccines, it's interesting that, um, you know, the vaccine all of a sudden can cover the new strain here in England they're talking about now as well, that that's uh, coming out, the Brazilian strain and all these other strains that just pick out of the sky. And I believe a lot of that is because of the the fear was somewhat simmering a small bit, starting slowly, I mean, and I mean, underestimate, uh, underline slowly, I should say, starting to go down a small bit because people are more, more, more and more waking up, realizing, hey, this isn't actually my reality, what's in, in, around me, to my reality and the TV are completely two different worlds. And to speak of the hospitals being overrun, the vast majority of hospitals here in England, there's none of them overrun. The media will tell you they're overrun, but they're not overrun. So where are you coming from in your research of the COVID-19 itself. And obviously we don't even have to go down the PCR test route because without the PCR test and without, uh, without the media, we wouldn't have any, we'd be going around normal. There would be no panic. I mean, to me, there is no pan pandemic. There never was a pandemic. Where are you coming from in that aspect of things? Well, it's interesting you point out the, uh, the, 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 the hospitals being overrun. I, I did a, I, I just, it's you just real simple, go back, go to Google or whatever and start searching, you know, hospitals overrun, look year by year. And ever since, I found examples going all the way back to 1957. Hospitals overrun, raging pandemic. You know, the, the, there's no space left. We need hospital. You know, we need we need the, the set up tents. The, the, 
almost routinely every two, three, four years, there's these headlines of panics of hospitals being overrun. What most people don't know is, uh, you guys know, but perhaps your listeners don't, is hospitals aren't built to, to accommodate everybody. They're built to accommodate a certain number of people. And then every winter in the Northern Hemisphere anyway, when deaths increase naturally, because we all go inside to spread bugs around, well, they always get overrun. They're, they're not built to take on a maximum. So that in itself is not that unusual. As far as the coronavirus itself goes, I'm, I'm not a, a virologist. Doug Axe, who is one of the co-authors of my book, is. Uh, it's his contention it's a real bug. Uh, but the coronavirus, don't forget, uh, is a cause of the common cold. Uh, coronaviruses are one of the causes of common colds. Rhinoviruses and others also cause these common colds. The PCR test, of course, is much abused, not just in uh, its hypersensitivity, which, which you were discussing and which is true, but also in uh, just the, the blind numbers of tests that are given. Uh, when we started with this whole thing, the media was reporting deaths, which is a natural number to report. So, and so, so many people died of uh, COVID-19, whether it's real or not, this is what, uh, the media was reporting and it makes a sense you know the deaths are a tangible number but then deaths started dropping uh this due to this but testing started to ramp up at the time april may uh came around uh, when deaths naturally declined uh due to the arrival of summer in the northern hemisphere deaths were dropping any kind of any kind of caused all caused death deaths were just dropping and so the the propaganda switched from reporting number of death to number of cases and a case was defined as a positive pcr test the problem was testing was ramping up we're in the united states now at like two two and a half million tests a day and so it's absurd you're going to be identifying any number and they're calling it a case before 2020 back in 2019 and before in medicine we talked of infections people can get infected by uh, a bug that makes sense uh, or they become a case. A case was a person who needed uh, or sought treatment. Cases were much rarer than infections. Many people get common colds, for instance, and don't become a case. They don't need to go to the, be admitted to the hospital or have a tube stuck down their throat, a ventilator. So this, they, they wildly misrepresented uh, uh, the actual state of the pandemic all through the summer. Because you look at the plots of deaths, deaths, they were peak, uh, just any kind of caused deaths uh, as naturally occurs in uh, January, February and March, that kind of thing. They dropped to a, a low in the summer months as they always do. They had nothing to talk about except cases. Cases were increasing, but only because testing was increasing using these PCR tests. And then deaths naturally start creeping back up as they are now. And they always peak right about this time. This is about the date that deaths in the Northern Hemisphere peak every year. And, uh, and testing is still as high as ever. And then so what's going to happen is we're going to have this vaccine is going to come out and uh, all these other measures are gonna be touted in about a month or two from now as being our saviors because deaths will naturally start decreasing again. And all of these people are gonna take credit for it. That's gonna be the most nauseating thing to me, I think of this. Their, their, their triumphal march of uh, how they stem the tide of this pandemic 
when it was just the sun coming back out. So and people getting the necessary vitamin D that they need that, that is in short supply in a lot of people in the wintertime. So all of that stuff, you know. Yeah, I think um, what you touched on there as well is the likes of the, the vaccine and all that, of course, is in a few months' time, besides from the, you know, the countless amount of deaths that people have got from the vaccine already, all the, the long-term side effects, um, moving on from that as well, the fact that uh, the PCR test as well, because it can be so easily manipulated, I, this is my own opinion on this now moving forward, that when, you know, like I said, they looked at the vaccine as the saviour, the ones that didn't kill from it, and they'll basically say, that, oh, deaths are decreasing, deaths are decreasing. You'll go to get your test with the PCR to see have you got it again or not got it, or have you, you know, after you got the, the vaccine, and all of a sudden then you can just you can just roll back your cycles and say, oh, no, false, that's okay. So he, he's okay, he tested negative. And all of a sudden they can manipulate it, what it was, they can say, this is the wonder vaccine, here we go, more and more people should get it. And then it'll spread like a, like wildfire through the media again for more and more people to coerce the public into getting this this uh, toxic vaccine. So, I mean, like I said, the, the media could stop stop all this in the morning and come out with the truth months and months ago if they wanted that. Without the media driven, I'd nearly blame more the media than the governments. Oh, um, I agree. Yeah. If we if we pass a law saying the media shall not report on this anymore, the pandemic would disappear. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's uh, after assuming the vaccine, just assuming it works, the PCR test mm -hmm. won't pick anything up because you antibody tests would, assuming it works. But what will happen, I think, is that uh, because people will be comforted right or wrong, they'll be comforted that uh, they've got the vaccine, they won't go to get tests. And so tests will begin to drop uh, just as dramatically as they rose, and the media won't have any new cases to report on. So it'll just, it'll just naturally, it'll, it'll naturally dissolve by that, I think. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. hope. I mean, <laughs> and of course, uh, as we know, well, over here anyway, the you know, definition of a coronavirus is anybody that tests positive um, and dies within uh, 28 days, yeah. regardless of three days later. If I test positive today from a test that doesn't test for the virus or the alleged virus, and then all of a sudden three days later, I fall off the ladder, break my neck, I'm dead, I'll go on as down as a COVID-19 death. But if I get vaccinated today, and like many doctors and NHS nurses and people across the world have got um, vaccinated, if they die two days or three days later, it's, oh, no, no, no. We, they won't do the same rule apply that if you die within 28 days of getting the vaccine, it's, oh, no, they have underlying illnesses. Yeah, if they have underlying illnesses, why the hell are you giving them these vaccines? I, I, ideally, they're going for the people in the, the nursing homes, the older generation, that their lung capacity can't handle this. Um, and it's, it's, I think, have you any views on depopulation or anything like that as well down the route? Because that's what I believe is a lot got to do with this, is, is one article of their agenda going down. And have you found any of that in your, in your research either? Well, uh, there's two things about the about the uh, flu and the vaccines and about depopulation. There's been all these, you know, there's been all kinds of uh, people like Bill Gates and others who say they would like to see a lot fewer people around. That's all true. But do they do they come out and admit any kind of active participation in this other than handing out uh, birth prevention methods in Africa and so forth? I don't see that they come out and directly admit it. Uh, that they that they they want to have a direct hand in this by culling the population, although I don't think it displeases them when the when the population numbers go down. Uh, so what what you mentioned is very interesting too is uh, the flu has disappeared. The flu yeah. kills uh, the flu and pneumonia. Uh, and I'm just speaking on the idea of what is what is an official uh, Corona Doom. Well, I call it the Corona Doom. Corona Doom death. Uh, 
So the, the CDC up until about May or June of this year, uh, for from time immemorial, had reported on separate flu and pneumonia deaths because normally people get the flu and uh, they develop pneumonia and it's pneumonia that kills them. So they would track uh, the flu and pneumonia deaths every, every year, but they gave up on it this year. Uh, they found it impossible to separate from uh, the corona doom deaths. So now they just list them all as deaths involving, that's their word, involving COVID. So that doesn't necessarily say COVID caused or was the primary cause, just that someone had COVID at the time of their deaths. Like you say, there's been many infamous examples of people dying. There was a guy who fell off a roof not too long ago, uh, and yeah. he had uh, tested positive on the autopsy. So they listed him as a uh, corona doom death. These kind of absurdities, just anything to get the numbers up, to juice the numbers and keep the panic. But meanwhile, because of this, the flu has disappeared. And so that's a, that's a remarkable thing. Not just the United States, but all over the world. The WHO uh, tracks, they have a global flu tracker, and it's been dead flat for months. Uh, just no flu anywhere. And that's sort of a miracle, uh, if you believe in it. That kind of it's yeah, because the very same here in uh, in the UK back on October the 8th, they announced it here um, saying that um, all of a sudden just came on one evening. As far as John said, we're just we're Chris Whitty. They said we're going to basically merge the flu deaths uh, with the, the COVID-19 deaths. So we're just going to put them all into one big bundle. Sorry about that. And so we're just going to merge them together a few days to, to a week and all of a sudden we notice that the flu is just it's gone away and there's no sign of it uh just like you're saying as well it's completely flat there is no there's no rise there's no peak anymore why aren't people talking about it? this is a miracle why are we not investigating it of course for nefarious ways they're not for, uh, investigating it so it's uh yeah it's interesting how that's going to just uh keep going and going and just to finish with the case i mean as you know i could walk in the morning I, i'm just could be a i'm a perfectly healthy human being why well, test positive it means nothing i go home again absolutely zero wrong of me we're going around now it's like everybody has to be symptomatic asymptomatic you've got to be some form of symptomatic somewhere there's nobody healthy anymore this is the kind of you know market they're going with at the moment so if you look at over 80 percent of the uh, people that go for these uh tests and you know test positive false positives they're healthy people there's absolutely nothing wrong with them simply because there is nothing wrong with them. that's the, that's the answer to that um so that's, you know these cases right. they don't actually distinguish between them yeah, so they mean nothing. Cases are absolutely irrelevant. Where you mentioned before, you might have to go into hospital, you might have to get medical care or a treatment, which would have been known as a case. But now they've completely um, deranged what the, the meaning of case is. And those numbers are huge, huge, huge. And people that don't do any research or any critical thinking looks at that straight away in the news. Oh, my God, fear, fear, fear. The cases are rising, the cases are rising. Like you just mentioned earlier, more testing. There was very little testing in April or March. Or, or may and that those kind of times now there's huge amounts of testing so you're going to get huge amounts of numbers so if people just stop bloody testing we might get some back bit of normality back again but uh not to take off any more time but let, let the guys uh jump in there <laughs> that's exactly right Pete, you know you guys know uh, better than uh, better than anybody you're always exposed to all kind of bugs viruses bacteria they're always with us always and just because you have the presence of a thing doesn't mean you're ill with it uh, or it's causing any symptoms or causing you any distress whatsoever. So that's a terrible criterion to use, uh, just a positive test. Yeah, I mean, the distinction for the PCR test is it was never intended to be an infectious disease uh, test, number one. Number two, the coronavirus was uh, discovered in 1962. And it's, as you said, the common cold, 
almost everyone on the planet has had it. It could be the sniffles. You could have it now. And the test on the box says this is testing for basically all strains of coronavirus so for all common colds. So you could have had the cold, you know, 20 years ago. You could have the common cold now, which is the sniffles. And that's coronavirus. And the test is being magnified at 45 times. And the threshold is 25 times. Even Fauci in a podcast. I have the podcast, but I can't even get anyone to listen to it. It's like he said, the test is ridiculously, um, uh, I don't know what the words were, but he, t- he said that anything above 30 times magnification renders the test useless in his podcast. And they're using a 45 times magnification, which means if they pick up a piece of uh, coronavirus RNA that from 30 years ago that I had, I test positive, as you said, I don't have, I don't have COVID. I, there's nothing wrong with me, but I test positive and now I'm a new case. So, I mean, we could go in forever because the death counts in, uh, criminally inflated anyway. I mean, these are terrorists. These are career criminal terrorists we're dealing with, these politicians. These are all bought and sold people from start to finish. So, to you know, th- this, is, this is what we're uh, up against. But the, the PCR tests, for anyone to look at the new cases and believe that that's real, they don't realize that there's, like you said, I think a 94% false positive rate. The CDC said 94% of people who were dying with COVID uh, had a pre-existing condition. So I average almost three, almost three comorbidities. Yeah, so Serious I mean, ones too. the whole thing is a force. The average age was still around 80. I think it was around 80, 84. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and like Chris said, I believe um, this was all planned. I believe if they decided last year to focus on 88,000 deaths, of the flu or in 2018, we could have had the same situation if the media was, uh, you know, reading the same script. So um, really, I'm just frustrated. But the thing I was going to say is if you had said that they really want to take this to, you know, everyone just has enough to get by, you know, maybe a Hunger Games type of scenario. So if that's the goal, then this isn't going to let up. I mean, right? Only if we uh, we don't let it. Uh, the fa- the fabulous Fauci. He's a character. I mean, he, early on during this thing, he was caught telling the truth two or three times. But they slapped him back for that, and he now he now toes the line. But he said he, he we, we have you, you have him on a podcast. I know of that podcast uh, or his uh, his broadcast. And then we also have him on sixty minutes from back in March. I think it was saying, "Don't bother wearing masks." So uh, we have that on camera, and all that stuff is forgotten. Just gone. It's it just erased from memory. So frustrating. Yeah, uh, Roy Collin from the Awakening Podcast, where I'm exposing fraud and corruption, but uh, I go for the solution side because uh, we're all hearing the doom and gloom, and we all like to have solutions. Which are qualifications and everything. Um, like we we spoke about the CDC. We've seen the figures doctored. I see the same in Ireland. The HSC, like. How does it feel for you, knowing that there's no accountability? Because if I was working for a corporation or working for anybody, and I started making all these fake uh, claims, I'd be fired and I'd be accountable for it. But I think that's what's frustrating the world at the moment, that we see so much corruption and fraud, then they doctor the figures, and nobody gets held accountable. How does it feel for you, 
as a professional no that well, that's why i end up waving my arms around like a maniac all the time uh, but you know that's about all i can do for instance i, I don't have uh, ireland's figures but i just did last week i did uh, england and wales because the ons the uh, office of uh, national statistics has those readily available and it's the simplest thing in the world to look at uh, a plot of deaths of uh, all cause weekly deaths from back in oh i think it starts in 1993 going all the way to this year the years 1999 and 2000 were worse than uh, 2020 in, in terms of uh, death rate uh, per capita in the UK. Worse, but there was no lockdowns, nothing happened. There was no forecast of doom and gloom then as there were now. And all the times that there were forecasts for, uh, for apocalyptic deaths, deaths were low. So it's just nuts. Uh, and this, the, this imperial uh, modeling group out of uh, the UK, which is driving probably uh, a lot of people's policies that drive some of the United States policies, they're wrong all the time. They're just wrong. Uh, we have in our book, we have uh, uh, we just compile a list of them, a list of the times where they've made forecast projections of uh, whopping numbers of deaths that have never come true, but they're never, ever uh, fired. They're never ignored. They're never shunned. They're never castigated for it. Uh, all they do is they go back to them the next time and say, hey, what do you think about this time? So there's no way to fail but up. And I don't know how that just seems to be the human condition or it's our condition. This is why uh, the, we call it the tyranny of experts. We're now living in this uh, so-called managerial states. We have these midwit experts. That midwit's a, kind of a meme uh, title these midwet experts who uh, are in charge of us they're absolutely unaccountable uh, nobody votes for them nobody can remove them from office we can complain about them but they're the ones who set policy and and because the government adopts the policy set by these experts it becomes unquestionable if you do question it you're questioning not science but the science and you're labeled a denier and so the only way out of it, any of these things, just seems to be time when memories fade and people move on to the next thing, whatever the next uh, boogeyman is on the horizon. I don't know. So, well, how do I feel? Frustrated. But it seems to be the way it is. Yeah. In, in Ireland, the HSE were reporting with COVID only. And I mean, which is strange that they could report, because Chris mentioned earlier, we have a documentation saying that they can't actually isolate it. But they had one state where they were saying there was 100 of COVID deaths only. And then uh, a week later, it was 96. So uh, we had four resurrections. You know, that's what you're dealing with. Well, Ireland is still a Catholic country. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> So, Grace, maybe you've uh, another question. Um, Matt, I know you've had many conversations with other podcasters, and there were a few of them that you and the podcast and your host um, were all talking about germophobia, and that's something that I I like to continue and have a conversation about germophobia, because when I came to the United States, that's one thing that I noticed right away with Americans or even with just people living in um, the so-called superpowers or the first world country. And, you know, and of course, back home in the Philippines, we didn't really have that. Not everyone has a running water. Not everyone has a uh, good bathroom toilet. So we're always exposed to all these germs. 
Um, but in connection with that, please talk about also what people can do about that, you know, being responsible for your own germophobia thing. And is that something that where people must really focus on? You're exactly right. I mean, I, I'm probably uh, the last generation to have been told, you know, go outside and play. Don't come back until dinner. You know, kids could go outside and roll around in the dirt. Well, we did it. We grew up in the north, uh, northern Michigan and went out in the woods, hunted, uh, sledded, uh, logged. We did all kinds of things that would now just be considered horrifying to parents. Uh, they're not allowed to go outside. Everybody carries with them these gels and everything. They're continuously flushing their hands with uh, God knows what this stuff is, alcohol and whatever other chemicals they're putting into it. They're absolutely germaphobes. And it's nuts. I mean, uh, you can't, you can't, your, your, your immune system, as you guys know much better than I do, you got to stress it, you know, you can't just let it, uh, you can't just try to hide yourself inside. So now we're all been, you know, uh, hobbled inside right now. And when people go finally back outside and they start mingling again, they're going to get exposed to all kinds of things and they're going to get sick. It's, it, it's ridiculous. Part of it has to do probably with uh, the fewer numbers of children that people are having. A lot of people are now having children later uh, in, in life and they only have maybe one if they have any. And so they're much more protective of the kids and they see any kind of uh, possible uh, threat as being much, much larger than it is. So all that's true. Uh, we're all inside looking at these screens all the time. People are playing video games. Nobody gets outside into the, into the fresh germicidal air. The, fre the, the fresh air kills germs. The sunlight kills germs get outside and do something but uh, what's the solution to that i don't know i mean now all the kids are being told let's go online and learn so they're stuck inside the house uh, eight hours a day in front of their screens it's terrible it's just a terrible situation that we did to ourselves thank you and i when you said about also that uh, not having a lot of children most most people would not even consider that this so-called inoculation that has to take place or that they want has that potential or does, has that intention for controlling population and people may not even if they wish to have children especially the young generation that may not even happen okay so um and i wanted also to uh, ask your opinion in terms of like of, the differences of all the numbers in statistics like in all different countries you know like someone will always tell me how come in the philippines you don't have a lot of deaths as compared to here how come in the philippines you don't have a lot of this i i i may have my observation that it has something to do with um, the availability of the so-called testing or the incentive the money so i want people to let's like we can talk about financial incentives for all of us. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that. So uh, Philippines has a very low number of deaths. Uh, the Taiwan, which is not too far away, has eight. Eight Corona Doom deaths. Uh, but they've been able to control their borders. So you might pass that off. Vietnam has listed almost no deaths. Uh, Thailand, very few. Uh, up until now, Japan had listed very few. So it could be that uh, down, down closer to the equator, uh, you know, the, the people are getting more sun 
and therefore more vitamin D, and this is naturally protective. It could just be because Asians, East Asians, uh, do better for this kind of thing too. It could be just because the policy of not locking things down also helped. Uh, a lot of these countries did not. South Korea didn't. They have pretty good uh, statistics on death rates. Japan, up until just a week ago, was also doing excellently. But Abe, the uh, prime minister there, retired a couple of months back, and they have a new guy who started cracking down. He was a panicker. So he's starting to institute various kinds of lockdowns more in the form of curfews. If you go back, if you go out, I think it's 10 o'clock at night, you know, the, the corona doom will kill you dead. But as long as you're back in the house by 9.59, you'll survive. So, yeah, some, you know, some areas like in Africa, the reporting can be very suspect because, like you say, there's not the testing, and that's to their benefit not to have all this massive testing. Uh, but maybe they can't really measure things that well either. But then a lot of people are close to the equator and getting a lot of sun. So... This thing has a huge variability, huge variability. Uh, England has a much worse uh, population death rate than uh, Sweden, which is about at the same latitude, longitude, uh, because Sweden didn't lock down. These lockdowns kill. So uh, where, where you see it, you see worse off outcomes. And, uh, you know, in Southeast Asia, uh, people naturally did better. Although in India, uh, they didn't have a lot of deaths. They have deaths. But uh, they had a very severe crackdown. They, they had people out, uh, cops on motorcycles early on with sticks beating people who dared go out into the streets. So the, the reaction to this has been extremely variable. So it's tough to, to figure out exactly uh, because there'll be a certain number of bodies responsible, uh, you know, just from disease. And then there'll be a number who would not have died if it were not for the lockdowns. So the lockdowns are responsible for deaths. So now how do we get out the exact number? All of this is going to take a long time to figure out once we get reliable numbers. It'll happen. We'll, we'll get all this, but it'll be years from now after everybody's forgotten all this and moved on. Uh, the only hope we have is we can show, continue to show that we should not do this again. That's my real hope. Uh, this one's too late. We're in it. Uh, we just have to get out by the normal means of memory forgetting. But in the future, I hope we remember. Perfect. Thank you. Just uh, curious as well, because you know we've had the German measles and we've had the Spanish flu. This was the Wuhan, uh, and then it changed to uh, Corona and now COVID. Did you research why, like, I, be I believe it was the Chinese were actually trying to change the name of that. Uh, did you go into that? In your oh, that's idea? all politics, sure. That's just politics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, some people try to call it the Wuhan flu or the China virus, and others wanted to say, you know, COVID-19. That's kind of, and then now they call it SARS-CoV-2 because it's similar to the SARS outbreak of 2007. Yeah, that's all just politics. Just politics. Who who gets the blame? And there is decent evidence that uh, this was possibly escaped uh, from a Chinese lab in Wuhan, uh, where they researched these kinds of things. They they opened. This is not this is not a conspiracy theory either. These research labs, not just there but elsewhere, often try to make a virus or a bug more potent on purpose so they could study the effects of it if it were ever to be released into the general public, well, maybe this one accidentally got out for that reason. I, I don't think it was set out on purpose, but it could very well have got out by accident like that. Okay. 
Perfect, thank you. Uh, Hartmut, Donald, do you have anything else to ask? Yes, thank you. Um, I just want to give you, um, first of all, I want to give a comment concerning your frustration in this whole business and the whole world. Um, I read the Amnesty International report from 1975, and interesting, uh, there was mentioned the country Greece. In the year in 1967 to 1974, there was a military regime with which, which, which was famous for the torture. And only because of the media as the fourth force in the country, because they were exposing everything very fast, faster than the negotiations, uh, the European Union could not work together with, uh, um, with Greece. And so they had to change uh, the regime in the democracy. And uh, so the fourth force was the media. And this we don't have in this time. And for this reason, this this media is the, is the resistance. It's really interesting to see. That's right. We are the dissident media. Yes. That's right. Yes. And I would like to know whether in your research you have find out a correlation between um, the psychological diseases and uh, and the positive PCR tests. Because, um, as I've mentioned, that this, um, in my opinion, there is there is a non-touching torture uh, going on. This uh, uh, this has the um, aim to to destroy the free will of people by chronic stress. And uh, a sign for giving up uh, in a person is not only to give up, but also to to get bronch uh, bronchopneumonia. Uh, psychological diseases or bronchitis, asthma, and all that stuff. And in that moment, when I got these kind of normal diseases and I go to the doctor, in that moment, he will make a COVID test. I guess I will take will be positive, and then I'm in the system. And I would like to know, is there any research concerning, concerning the psychological, the increase of psychological diseases and uh, the positive effect of COVID-19. Yes, there is. I, I've only done suicides, like I say, and those are certainly up uh, and blamed on, uh, on, uh, on the coronavirus lockdowns. But there have been other papers have come out looking at various psychological measures, depression being the leading one, uh, showing that's definitely increased. Absolutely. There, I haven't done that research myself, and I haven't reviewed it other than just reading some abstracts and some papers. I thought it was so obvious that, uh, you know, I didn't like <laughs> There's not much else you can do. It's absolutely true. It's, uh, the, 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 you know, you, you quarantine a healthy person and uh, take his job away from him, close his uh, store down, close his restaurant down, throw his entire life's work away. He's probably not going to be too happy about it. He's going to be a little depressed. And so that's exactly what we're seeing everywhere. Um, unfortunately, it's just terrible. It's terrible. The government, the governments have blood on their hands on this, but uh, they'll be able to wash it off fairly easily, I think. And um, another question is a more medical, is a, is a real medical question. <laughs> it's a, it's concerning the BNDF protein. I don't know whether you know the brain derived brain derived neurotrophic factor protein which is used in the which is in the brain in order to structure the neurons and it's, a, it's increasing factor and this is also decreasing by chronic stress a lot so that the people are not able to think 
and in order to um, to organize himself anymore. Is, no, uh, I haven't looked at that. I haven't looked at that. Okay. Well, this would be very interesting for me to to see whether there are any correlations on the scientific way, because it's only an idea so far, and um, I okay. I have Thank seen you. papers that show stresses up, yeah, but no, I, I haven't looked into it at that level of detail. No. Okay. Thank you. Just curious as well, because um, like I, I was reading um, about uh, on your site, uh, like you mentioned about the children now they've all been sent home you know they're sitting in front of computers like i don't trust i mean we've seen it recently like microsoft the whole lot of them they're all guilty like we have children now in front of a computer and you've got all this ai how dangerous is that extremely you gotta I mean, just, you have to you have to be in charge of your children's education that's a fact i mean we all know that you, you just gotta monitor it and try to combat it it's not always possible. I mean, you know, you're, you're one or two people uh, trying to watch after your kid, and you got uh, you have an army of bureaucrats against you. It's a difficult fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Before we continue for others, let me just acknowledge the viewers, okay? And because there are um, people watching and nurses, lawyers, and other professions, because I know some of them, and they just say, thank you for this valuable information. You folks never cease to bring on the best conversations imaginable. And of course, and then they said, oh, let's see, oh, that mental stress affects the immune system. Okay, so thank you for watching and please do share and we appreciate what you do for yourself and for others. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, so just a quick one, um, because I know we have much long left in the podcast, but um, as far as solutions and stuff like that goes, I mean, have you come across that in yourself with a network of people? Yeah, I'm talking from barristers to listeners to doctors to actually people, not just complaining on social media, but actually people, you know, getting on the front line as such and actually doing something in the background that could be bubbling away there that are working on behind the scenes and really going to push back others trying to take a government down which i know is very very hard and trying to keep uh people accountable you know something like a Nuremberg trial which i know would take such a long time to do but i mean me personally i mean is you know if we just the answer is straight staring us straight in the face just stop complying with our own enslavement now that's easily said it's even harder to put into action okay because the first step is obviously waking the people up the second step is like getting them to cross the road and actually turn that into action because this whole thing we mentioned uh the media and pcr tests and loads of different areas of how a cannon couldn't have started and how we could all stop in the morning as well but the, that four letter word fear is is driving um the whole thing through the whole like fascism you know going back through time and all that fascism and all these different areas communism social and they're all links of each other interchangeably and um you know they could never happen because there's too little of them and too many of us we're simply people are complaining about government are taking our freedoms and like they're not I'm, they're not taking your freedoms you're giving your freedoms to the government and to these elites and to these people without your cooperation this cannot happen so the more people ask me as well a, a voice and different things when is it going to stop how are we going to get out of this i'm like it's quite easy in the sense that you, know, but you need to turn it into action we can't just talk you have to talk and then take that leap across the road and put it into action simply stop cooperating with your own enslavement because it's your kids um and everybody is, that's going to go back down to the line 
um, as well that's going to suffer because of all this, but simply because people are paralyzed, their minds have froze, you know, back in March or April, simply through fear. I mean, if you talk about statistics and stuff like that, in Ireland, for example, when they done the lockdown in March, even if you believe the COVID-19 exists or whatever way you do or you don't, the fact of the matter is April the 5th was the first date that they actually registered. So nobody had died in Ireland, in the Republic of Ireland, and all of a sudden they locked down a couple of weeks before they even had a debt in the country, all colluding together with other people. But, you know, this time 12 months ago or 15 months ago, we'd be known as the biggest conspiracy theorist ever wearing the tinfoil hats if we said that a few people could orchestrate this across the world. And if you connect the dots, you can see where it all goes back to every government across the world is basically saying, we're either guided by the so-called alleged science that they're talking about, the bought up paid ones, of course, all connected to Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, so on and so on, the big tech science of Silicon Valley. Um, and it goes back to the WHO, which is you know owned and funded uh, by Gates and obviously goes back to the Rockefeller who created it originally in the first place. So you can see the ties and where it goes back there. And every, nearly every government across the world is kind of going, they're taking responsibility off their own um, people in power, be it Boris Johnson, um, say in the UK or many other people across the world. And they're basically hoofing it onto the WHO and kind of say, oh, well, we're guided by the WHO um, guidelines and we're kind of going by that. So they're taking all responsibility off themselves passing it back to the WHO, which we know are owned and run by people in the background as well. Like Bill Gates is only a face for, for who the real people is behind all this agenda as well. So do you have you come? I know it's a bit of a long-winded um, answer as such, but do you have anything or any information wise to give people some bit of hope, I suppose, um, as to the, there is connections, there is people, like I know plenty of people working in other areas um, moving forward on this. I mean, there's tens of thousands of doctors, nurses, and all these people who are speaking out against this and are going against the grain. Um, I think in parts of the states, there's in care homes, there's reports the other day over 72% of them said that they're not taking the flu, uh, or sorry, the flu, they're not taking the, the vaccine that comes in. So they're, so they're struggling to get that into people. Like, you know, if we're in such a real pandemic, you wouldn't have two sides questioning, one one side questioning it like us and saying the whole thing's a scam and a fraud and it should be called out for what it is. And you have the other side pushing the agenda. And um, for, for such a alleged virus, you know, that um, they need to push the vaccine and every, as Bill Gates says, every man, woman and child, this pandemic won't end. I want every man, woman and child and, and he's, he's a, wife as well said the very same thing uh what ends until this is basically all done everybody's vaccinated do you do you simply have any hope or solution or what what would you say is a sort of answer to to, to give to people as well as to to get to get us out of this or to the first stepping stone in, in getting us out of this um fraud that we're in this global fraud exactly what we're doing here get the word out if a majority of us said no tomorrow it would end yeah. That's all it would take, just a majority of us. In the states here, uh, there are several states that aren't panicked. Uh, Florida, South Dakota, Texas, North Dakota, and so forth. And they're doing fine. Uh, but they have different governments. They have different style of governments than uh, the states that are cracking down, like New York, Michigan, California, and so forth. So it's just it. We, we got to get the people out and get them out of their fear just by being examples to them and trying to spread the word, by not trying to sound you know you just just tell them the truth here look look at the look at the government's own data here it is take a look what do you think that's it i don't know how, how else we could do it i've been involved in some lawsuits i talked to some lawyers who are going at it from that angle these have varying levels of success uh, they cost money uh you know and they don't have a guarantee uh, that they're going to do anything so people don't necessarily want to get involved and a lot of people are just trying to ride it out uh, just trying to ride it out, and maybe that's the. And I, I don't think that's a good solution. I think we should all be actively fighting against this, just as you say. Yeah, 
exactly. And are, you connected, sorry, are you connected to the uh, edu doctors of education in Germany, for example, or do you know anything about the uh, the trial, uh, the court case uh, of PCR tests in in the U.S. that the people try to um, yeah try to prove that the PCR PCR test is a fraud? I, I've heard things about it. I, I think they have, like I say, little chance of success. You're going that that level of thing is not so much possible to attain because uh, it would be just one one set of experts arguing with another set of experts, and the government would always favor, uh, rather the judges would always favor the government's position. That just seems to be these things how they work. So instead, I would say try to get people talk people out of taking a test. If you don't feel sick, don't get a test. You don't need it. It's not necessary. If we can get that word out, then the testing could drop dramatically, and then this thing disappears that way. Now, I, I'm not against these ideas of challenging the, the PCR test, no. But I just don't think that they have a great chance of success. And thank you. And I have a question here from the uh, viewer, and this could be a question for anyone uh, to answer, you know, other than Matt. And also a comment said, so do you think the population will rise up and revolt or go off the cliff like lemmings? You need a movement and a leader to push an agenda against this. Otherwise, we just talk about it and nothing happens. Uh, anyone who wants to make a comment? I Personally, I don't think we need a, a movement and a leader. I think we all need, I think the power lies within ourselves as a collective to wake up and mentally say i'm not having this um and when you when you stand in that yourself that's they've already lost you so that's all it takes because looking for someone else to save us is not is the is part of the problem so i think if the public knew that they have been deceived and played from the time that they've been born till now. They would they would be really angry about it if they really could get it, if they could connect the dots. And, uh, you know, Matt was talking about I when I was a kid, we went out in the street. We played all day. You know, if I got scraped, my dad would rub dirt in the cut, you know, and that was that was my antibiotic. Right. Because the most important thing here is your immune system. So I've been studying holistic healing for 20 years. And what people don't realize is the only thing we need is an immune system. And the immune system gets stronger the more it is exposed to germs and viruses. And ha isn't it funny that not one health expert wearing the white coat or the, t or, you know, the, the, the suit on TV, um, and let it be known that Fauci, I think, has 25 honorary degrees. That means he didn't do a thing for that degree, right? It was just given to him. Right. So they they put all these badges and medals on these guys. They get up and the public believes them blindly. But not one health official globally has taught or expo or, or 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 pleaded with the public that you must strengthen your immune system. Not one, not globally, not ever. And every measure is deliberately there to destroy your immune system. So you have to start thinking critically. This doesn't make sense. That alone is a sign that something's wrong. And. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that someone has the power to save us, but we, we only have the power to save ourselves. And then I could go into germ theory, which is another lie that lets them get away with this, right? Because I'm a terrain guy, you know, I'm a pleomorphism guy, which means viruses don't cause disease. 
right? It's the terrain, the disease, the poisons. I'm convinced DDT caused polio, not, and I'm convinced the polio vaccine caused polio, not the not a polio virus. Meaning, when the DDT stopped globally, the spraying, the polio stopped because the immune system got overwhelmed with poison, and a virus is simply the excretion of poison from a cell. Viruses are good; they they eliminate poison from our body, and there's a trillion of them in our body right now, and. We're, we're, we're declaring war on one virus, and people don't realize they have a trillion viruses in their body right now, and they're using one virus to lock down the entire nation. There's not one ounce of truth to this entire thing. So, I'm, I'm with Steve with that, because I believe that's how I, when I realize that it's not about, the cause is not outside, and it's really from my within myself that I could strengthen. And that made me really believe on, or that made me not be fearful in anything. And that could even be a war, but I will always hang on or um, let, let's just say that I will let my courage come out, let my intuitive ability to heal myself really lead me. And of course, when I can, after all this conversation, whether I read it, I listen, or, you know, and, and most people don't even bother to, to read anymore. But many people who, who get prescriptions don't even bother to read the inserts inside. And so most of, the, most of the things that we are fearful are basically out there, but it's up to us to own that, to own the responsibility for our health. And so back to being having infectious or contagious illnesses in the Philippines when TB is most prevalent. And like I, I was diagnosed with pulmonary tuberculosis growing up, but I wasn't like by my family, okay? And my family didn't wear the mask. And so, but what I just did is to take care of myself with that medication that I had and plus other things. And then the rest of my family members began to take care of themselves. And then, so that's basically how I think we can't be waiting for anyone to save us. And that's another strength that I have. I don't wait for science to tell me. I don't wait for any researcher to tell me what's good for me. And working in ICU, the doctor could say, oh, the numbers look good. He's going to make it. But then if you look at the patient in front of me, they're not looking good, okay? And now, as I remember, um, Matt, I've listened to one of your podcasts, and you just said, if you look at to the left side, look up to the right, and you see people, and they're well, like when they're eating or outside, suddenly the virus is, becomes friendly to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, just one thing, the last thing I want to say in relation to that is that the elites that are behind this uh, hidden agenda are terrified of human beings discovering their power. And the way they keep us from discovering our power is keeping us in fear, right? This is why we have wars. This is why there always, always has to be a boogeyman. Reality is not organically this dark and bad, right? So... People have to just start thinking critically. Is the world really this crazy? You know, BLM, uh, George Floyd, 
Antifa. I mean, it, they're watching literally the Hunger Games, and they're you know the guys at the controls are just throwing more stuff in to keep the fear going, keep the polarization, keep the divide and conquer the Helgelian dialect going. So what I'm saying is, they're literally diminishing our power by keeping us in fear. So it's if if people knew how powerful they were. The, this would be over tomorrow if the collective just decided I'm not taking this anymore. And it has all it is is a mental, it's almost like a prayer. And they're terrified because the vibration immediately raises. And these are very low vibratory people who are devoid of a conscience, who are morally bankrupt. And basically, if our vibration raises tomorrow collectively because we see through the bullshit and we declare our sovereignty, it's over for them. That's my view. I am. Um, I have also, uh, I see it from a different point of view. Um, the positive thing is, I I believe in the fortune teller Baba Vanga from Bulgaria. She is a very old lady. She was blind, and she said uh, that a dragon uh, will fight with two other forces, and the other two forces will win. I didn't know what she, what sign or what animals these two forces were, but the dragon would be. Uh, uh, they will conquer, the, they will uh, win against the dragon. And um, the situation what we are facing at the moment here on the world is that uh, that the China is um, the example how the world should be for them. And uh, at the moment with this virus, the uh, by the virus, China could conquer the world and took could buy a lot of companies all over the world, Europe, Asia, South South America, anywhere, because of the less because of the uh, bad economic situation. And if um, let's say it this way, if USA will become a leader which is a friend with China. Then we have the problem that the whole world is um, supported by Huawei because Huawei will introduce the 5G technology. And then it's not only a virus and it's not only human being against to whom we are fighting, it's also AI because the Chinese have all these AI things. And um, for this reason, we have to be aware that the virus is the virus and all this pandemic is uh, the situation or to decrease us to a level so that we cannot fight anymore and then um, they will they are going to release the artificial intelligence on us so uh, we have to fight and we have to be aware of that and we have to be like warriors to to think about that and um, the interesting thing is concerning panic Panic exists in the moment when you feel you are completely alone in a situation. And for this reason, find people to whom you can trust because you need a feeling that you are not alone. This is the most important thing in order not to get in panic. That's what I wanted to say. Well said, well said. Just um, as well that um, you mentioned about like taking court cases and everything. My experience, I've had over 100 court cases, is don't go down the court route because I have seen so much corruption with judges. And if you look at a lot of countries, when the party changes, the top judges change. 
that in itself is proven corruption. So like you're wasting your time and your energy because they can just kick it down the road with costs as well. So the best thing is just come together, start getting the message out. When you find something that's true, share it and don't let people kind of put you into a negative mode because there's a lot of people trying to attack you, especially when you're, you know, with what we're doing. Like there's people, you'll send them something with the information, they won't even look at it and they'll respond with their negativity. Don't go down that rabbit hole. Just just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, I think everybody, like with your book, with the information that you've given us, Matt, it's, you know, it's incredible. And I think more people need to, you know, just share share the message. No, I agree. Of course, I agree. That's it. That's all we can do. Any, la any few more thoughts, maybe, uh, you know, something, any more suggestions for, for our audience? And by the way, uh, Chris didn't leave because he wanted to leave. You know, Chris Ryan from the Mind Wars podcast, but the internet just went off on his end. So hmm. he expects these things to happen. But I told him, I was texting Chris and said, we will carry your positive energy with us till the end. Okay. So anyway, um, so I, I'll just say that we, let's always begin with what we can do within our little environment, within ourselves, please begin with ourselves. And then you kind of, you know, one conversation at a time, one person at a time, but definitely you have to have your stand on this. Definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, I think if there's people that probably have uh, some sort of intuition that something's not right or they're the world is really this bad they're questioning things and it's if they can from that sense of something doesn't add up here if they can just start to look and dig and think critically all they have to do is is connect a few dots and that can be the doorway to a new understanding of what's going on uh, you know because everyone's compromised the science is really there to stifle the truth and it's um it's it's so hard to get your hands around this uh, web of deceit and this really dark cancer that has infiltrated every nook and cranny of the world. But literally, the the, the sad part is, is that their their you know their main goal again is to really you know uh, destroy the human spirit. But we can't let them do that, and we all have to stand strong in our heart. And um, and and this is a, a fight like you know uh matt said we can't sit down and 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 uh we have to take action and part of that is being aware but like i said if you think something's wrong and does, something doesn't end up do a little digging you know go just take it on your own and and, and go where your friends aren't going and find what's going on because it's not what the news and media are telling you and i would like to i would like to mention if uh, we all know people who have a problem or who who doesn't want to listen to us. And um, I I think Steve, you were to who recommend me this this man. This is Yuri Betsmenov, a Russian ex KGB man who came to uh, the to the U.S. to 1970s. And uh, he explained very well also on YouTube the situation concerning demoralization, destabilization crisis and normalization 
and the destabilization is uh, concerning patriotism and concerning family values. And uh, the communist regime, Soviet Union, it doesn't matter where it comes from, has done this work since the 19, 1968. For example, in Germany, we had the Frankfurt School in 1968. And since the 60s, they made this propaganda because Secret Service job is 85% propaganda, 15% James Bond. And um, if the people do not listen to you, or is a demoralized person has not the possibility to understand the difference between the truth and facts, and what what, what he's going to what, what he's what he's listening to. Yeah. So um, um, this is what I want to tell you. So don't don't blame anyone. Just go your way and think that he has um, has a process behind him that so that he didn't work. Thank you. Perfect. So I see we're hitting the the hour and a half mark. So I think we'll start wrapping up. Um, basically, you've been listening to the the Freedom Broadcasters. You'll find all of the podcasters on freedombroadcasters.com, and you can find the links to all our different sites. I know Grace will have the link for. Uh, for Matt and we want to thank you for all your knowledge that you've been sharing and I would encourage the listeners to start following you as well because you know obviously you're a wealth of knowledge and the truth needs to be shared and thank you very much for your time. It was very kind of you to have me. Thank you. The pleasure thank, you, Matt. Matt. thank you. And we'd like to thank all the listeners for tuning in live. We appreciate all your comments. So until the next week or the week after, thank you very much and take care. Bye everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.